Welcome into this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacking here. My good friend and co-host Travis Crins joins me here. Travis, uh, good evening. How are you doing? Evening. It was very cold today. It was. It's going to be cold uh, Tuesday. It's going to be cold Wednesday. It'll warm up after that then. Uh, we were just talking before we went on air uh, that you are having some phone difficulties. Yes. And... Uh, so you, you're having uh, you're having some adventures finding out now that we're confirming here that you are not going you're stick you're sticking with the flip phone you are not going to the smartphone right? No smartphone for me. The only reason why I've ever literally switched phones, I think one of them maybe the battery wasn't good, and the other ones, including the phone I'm talking on right now, the screen doesn't work. It's just white. I turn it on and it's just white, like a TV. It's it ghost. It's ghosting you. Apparently. It doesn't want me to do anything with it. And this is what happened with this. This is the same phone I had years ago, the same uh, same type of phone, same style. And I like that phone, so that's why I got this phone now. And I don't know, I probably had it for, well, three, four years, but a while. And I don't know if I know the flip phone. I went looking tonight, and... I found some, but they're not what I need, apparently. So they are there, and there's another place downtown that repairs cell phones. I'm banking on them to have an old one that I can buy for preferably $20 or less. Take that to Verizon. And one thing I've noticed is that Verizon was open until 8 o'clock tonight, which was nice, but they don't open up till 10. AT&T also doesn't open up till 10, so apparently... Uh, they open up late and stay open a little later. So, uh, 10 o'clock apparently is when these stores open. Well, that makes a little more sense, I guess, because people who are bringing in their phones aren't, I mean, they're working at that point. Uh, yeah. So, that makes a little sense. I would, I would like to open up like at 8 or 9 o'clock. But, you know, open up from 10 to 8, that's still, I guess, 10 hours. Yeah. And I had one at, at, at AT&T lady asked me, oh, what, what do you want it for or something like that? Like, it was something suspicious. So I thought, oh, I pulled it out of my pocket and said, this doesn't work. The screen is white, as you can see. <laughs> so that is why I need it. Um, it's been on and off here for the last couple of days. And here recently for the last few hours, it's been off. It's completely white, so I don't think it's coming back. So... Besides that, it works fine. I just can't see anything. My alarm goes off tomorrow, and then I can't reset my alarm because I can't really see it. I do have an old phone at work. So I could probably use that. Because the only people I talk to are like you and like two other people on this phone. So I get text messages. If I get a text, I don't know who. I can't read it. I feel honored but that I am one of the few people that you still yeah, speak with on this phone. Yes. This is, uh, this is what this phone is for, for this, for this podcast. And just talking to people and, you know, about the phones and you're going to get a smartphone and all that. And, like, I don't have a use for it. I'm sure if I ever had one, it'd be convenient and I could look this up and look at Facebook and Twitter and look at the scores and mm -hmm. all this stuff. But I, I would never use it at work because I'm on a computer all day at work, whether it's in my office or in the radio studio. Yep. So I don't, I wouldn't need it then. Uh, I come home, I've got my laptop, which I like, so I wouldn't use it then. 
Uh, I, I guess I, the only time I would use it for the internet purposes, mm-hmm. or the smartphone is about, be when I go out. But I don't want to be on the internet when I go out. I want to not have access to Facebook. I don't want to check Facebook or Twitter. I don't want to have that available to me or email. Like I would like to go out, whether it's for a half hour or two hours or all nights and mm-hmm. not have, well, let's check the, check the Clemson, Virginia score. Let's just check how Ohio State, Wisconsin's doing. If I, I, I don't. So I just don't need it. I don't I, want it. Yeah. feel like it's okay to maybe disconnect and not have internet access at all times. So it would be nice for GPS, but I've already got a GPS my vehicle I could hook up. So I don't need it for that. Right. I that applaud you. I, I really do. I applaud you for uh, for not needing that because it, it, you know what, I have a smartphone and I... Once you get on it, yeah, you it, can't get off. It, it, that's exactly right. So I do applaud you for that. Uh, I am honored that I am use, like one of the few people that okay. is on this phone. Now, now, so that leads me to a question then. I assume, I mean, you... So you only talk to a few people on this phone. You don't. Do you have a, a different phone then? Is this phone just for podcasts? What's what's up with no, this? No, this is my only phone. I talk to you. I talk to Melissa. I talk yep. to my mom and dad. Okay. I talk to Wyatt for four hours every other month <laughs> when he calls. And I'll, I don't. I don't really talk to Marcus on the phone. Because you're in the same town, people. you could just text him, right? Yeah. Rarely uh, do I do that. Who else are I talk to? You, her, mom and dad, uh, maybe Dan Beck, uh, maybe once a month or so. Sure, sure. I'll call him. Charlie? That. Charlie, maybe? No, no. I don't ever talk to Charlie on the phone. It's those four or five people, and once in a while, you, you don't get a random call from maybe somebody at work or somebody that uh, calls you because they need something or mm-hmm. has a question or whatever. But other than that, that's all I need a phone for. It would be nice to take some pictures when you go to a game or when you're out and about. Pictures, that'd be fun. And the GPS would be useful. But other than that, I mean, I've got computers all around me at all times. Mm-hmm. I don't need I don't need one. No, no, Nobody grew up with one. We didn't grow up with one. Right. And it's like, I don't... I wouldn't have much use for it. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to pay... Three, four, six, seven hundred dollars for a phone. It's all it is is a mini computer that fits in your pocket. Yep. Like pictures and do everything else your TV or computer can do. I've got those things already in much bigger form. Eh? So I don't. I don't need it. Eh? I don't expect my. I don't expect to ever ever get one. Yeah. I just don't. Well, I again, I I applaud you for it. I do know. I think that it, the flip phone is starting to make more of a comeback because I think more and more kids are starting to go to that. At least that's a. I had heard that somewhere, where the where kids are starting to do more flip phone because technology is all around them, so they don't necessarily need all of that stuff. You know. That access that you're talking about, they don't need the Facebook, they don't need Twitter, they don't need you know Instagram, all that stuff with them at all times on their phone. They they have access to technology all the time. So I believe I do believe that flip phones are making more of a comeback with the teenage or with the with the kids and stuff these days because that is a way for them to kind of 
unplugged. They don't need that there. So that's very good on your uh, very good. If, and if I'm if I'm out with somebody, if I'm at a game, I'm there for the game. Yes. If I'm out with somebody or a group of people, I'm out with them to talk with them. To, to look at them, to hear what they've got to say. I don't need my phone. Well, and chances are, some one of them has a smartphone, so they would be able to take you in some yeah. photos on Facebook, like you, like we did at the at the final four. Absolutely. And you, the picture taker, there, and whoever else, they can be the picture taker and send you these pictures. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, it comes down to, I don't need it. There's nothing it does that I need all that bad. And you were saying before we came on air that uh, someone was asking you why you needed it, like this was something suspicious, like you're a runaway and you, you need to hide yes. from the authorities. Right, well, I took my phone out and said, see, the screen doesn't work. That's why I need one. So, AT&T didn't have one on hand, so I applaud them. Verizon did not, which sucks because I need a Verizon phone, apparently. Because you are a Verizon Walmart customer, yeah? Walmart had, Walmart had all of them. It was $110 for a new one. AT&T was only 60 which I would have gladly paid right then and there. But I couldn't. Because they said I'm on AT&T, so I couldn't do that. So I was a place downtown that repairs phones. I'm hoping they've got something cheap. I know there's a place in Sioux Falls where I got this one and multiple others. But Last stop CD shop or a pawn shop? Yeah, there's a, so somewhere on 41st Street's got them. Cell phone place. It started Sunday. I sure just went there. Thought I could hang out for a little bit, but it didn't really last that long. So I should have done this Sunday, but I'll have to do it tomorrow. Well, I wish you the best of luck and make sure that no one thinks you're, you know, you know, sending drugs and that's why you need a, a, a flip phone or anything like that because you are in South Dakota, so you're on meth. Uh, it's why the te- it's why the teachers can't get a raise in the governor's budget because they're failing all the drug tests because they're on meth. I heard, I think for the first time tonight, I heard a one of the ads for meth on the radio. That was so bad. <laughs> some old guy saying he was on meth because his neighbors are on meth and everybody in school was on meth. So that's nice. It it was what was the inflection or the inflection in their voice? Oh, very dull, like he was on meth. Okay, so it, it, it's not one okay. that you could tell, like, I'm on meth, or like, I'm on meth. I'm on it to stop it. Not like well, that. Well, finally, at the end, he said, like, I'm on top of it or something. I'm like, yes, that would have been better. Yeah, yes, yes it would We're on top of it. I would have been better than what they came up with. Neither here nor there. Uh, let's see here. Vikings won a very uneventful and, quite frankly, a boring game on Sunday. Uh, 27 over the Detroit Lions. Green Bay survived Washington. That was a little a little exciting. The Rams look like they're back. The Seahawks lose to the Rams. Uh, the game of the year, I don't know if you paid atten- much attention to this, but the 49ers and Saints played a hell of a game down there in the Big Easy at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And the 49ers prevailed 48-46. to Now, I did not see a shootout coming at all. I did see the 49ers beating New Orleans because I think the 49ers are a better team. So the outcome didn't necessarily surprise me, or the who won didn't necessarily surprise me, but how they got there 
was the real surprising aspect. I mean, Drew Brees throwing five touchdowns and running in for another one. And Jimmy Garoppolo and Emmanuel Sanders pulling out trick plays, you know, throwing passes to Raheem Mozart. And I know it's not Mozart, it's Mostert, but he should be called Mozart at this point. Uh, Just a fantastic game. Uh, Game of the year, and uh, it was uh, really enjoyable. And then in the late afternoon slot, we got to see the awful officiating, you know, the NFL officials rearing their ugly heads yet again. Uh, with the Chiefs and the Patriots, and it's nice to see the Patriots on the opposite end of some of these calls. But uh, it was a overall very enjoyable day of football. I want those calls overturned. Well, uh, the the Travis Kelsey fumble, they they whistled the play dead, so they shouldn't have whistled it at all. They thought Kelsey was down, the ball came out, but it was obvious that. Kelsey fumbled it. Uh, Travis Kelsey, I shouldn't say. My wife was not playing tight end for the Chiefs on Sunday. I can confirm that. She she was not. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, She was inactive for the game. But uh, so the Patriots, I don't know if they would have returned it for a touchdown or not because it was. I think Stephon Gilmore recovered it, and Tyreek Hill was chasing him down. And you know, Tyreek Hill's nickname is Cheetah. and it's not because he cheats on women or beats them or anything like that. He's very, very fast. But uh, so I don't, I don't know for sure if the Patriots would have scored a defensive t- uh, a touchdown there or not. I believe they settled for a field goal on that drive. Or no, maybe no. I think they didn't score at all on that drive. And then they had another. Well, what happened there? Well, they they gave him the ball, oh, but. They gave him the ball, and then I don't think the pay- where where Gilmore recovered it. But obviously, you can't advance it beyond that point because they had whistled the play dead. But the Patriots did get the ball back, and then later in the game, later in the second half, uh, is it Nikel Harry, the wide receiver from Arizona State, catches a pass along the sideline and looked like he had scored, and the officials said no, he stepped out at like the three or the four yard line, and the replay. Clearly showed he didn't, uh, but the Patriots were out of challenges at that point, and because the NF, uh, the officials said it wasn't a scoring play, it could but not it, it could not be removed. It could he not. He literally scored a touchdown that would have what tied the game. It would have no. It would have made it twenty three twenty because they they got a field goal on that drive if I recall correctly. The um, main thing should be getting these calls right because yes. they took. Well, they took four points off the board there. Get these calls yep. right. I don't care who has challenges. Same thing with the Rockets. Yes. Thing last week, and yep. that, that appeal was denied. Yes. Uh, yes. Good. Tough. Good. By but, the way, good. And did you I, I see? Did you see the NBA's? Uh, their reasoning, they said the Rockets had ample time or like enough time to to make well, up for that mistake. Good on the NBA for that. Anyway, please continue. Just make sure it's right. I don't yes. care who's got challenges. I don't care if you're on a. Again, have somebody looking at the game. If the 20 million people watching the game can see it, then the six fuckers on the field, that's decision matter, should be able to see that too. And it's uh, it's very bad. I can't, I can't take any of these games seriously. They don't mean anything. They're not important. They're not legitimate. When you're missing, again, we talk about this every week. Yeah. None of this shit matters anymore. Two teams play. Some call is missed that takes points off the board. They can't look at it because they don't want to. Because why? They wouldn't want to get the call right or anything. So 
uh, fuck up some calls and, 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 and do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so... This, so I mean, we we don't want to see the. I at least I don't like the college overtime rule. Do you like the college overtime? I don't believe so. Right? No. No. Just just play it. Just play it like you would a regular game. Yes. Yeah. Play it. Kick it off. So, I like the NFL. I like the NFL deal. Yep. Um. Much better. As, Much better. As do I. So we we both agree that the NFL's got better yeah. overtime, but college football has a better replay system involved yeah. because the 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 coaches don't have a limited number of challenges. They I think they can challenge a play if the booth chooses not to review it. But there is that eye in the sky who will buzz the officials and say, "Yeah, let's look at this twenty yard completion in the middle of the second quarter because it matters." These things do matter, be, and the be NFL needs that. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the only thing I could see being a hindrance with this would be how many times will you know could play? How, what are the, what is the potential that every play could get reviewed? Uh, like how long would that take? But at the same time, the the goal is to get the call right, and right now. The NFL is suffering from that massively, and this could have major ramifications on playoff seeding because the Patriots now are just a game ahead of the Chiefs for the second oh, the second uh, seed in the AFC. Should they trip up against the Bengals or the Bills or hell, even if the if the Bills win out, they win the AFC East. Did you know that the if the Bills went out, they win yeah. the AFC East? So they were twelve and four. Yes. So that to me is, that is that to me is remarkable in and of the standpoint that I mean that that the outcome of that Chiefs Patriots game could be the difference between the Patriots being the two seed and a five seed and not winning the AFC East. Like that's massive in the grand scheme of things. It's very important. Again, there's no reason they should get any of these calls wrong. Like you watch a football game, uh, there's a penalty called, and then what do they do? They show you the penalty. Yes. And probably 90% of the time, it's like, all right, they showed a penalty. That was legitimate. Or I can see what they were going for there. And we move on. Um, so I don't think it'd be, I don't think it'd take a whole lot longer. And they get whatever, how longer... However much longer it would take, it much worth it because these are horrendous calls, just horrendously terrible decisions that, again, cost you points, cost you games, cost you seeding, cost you Super Bowls. That's how important important these calls are. It's again, they have they have no credibility. There's no credibility in any of these games because mm-hmm. none of them matter because there's so many huge mistakes every week that are easily correctable. All you have to do is say, I'll have a guy up there, they'll look at it, and if you see something bad, they'll run down and we'll change it to the correct call. And this, the terrible officiating in this game overshadowed the other main story, and that was that the Patriots fans had the audacity to boo their team off the field at the half. Shut the hell up, Patriots fans. You've just won, what, six, seven, six Super Bowls, seven Super Bowls, and you have the audacity to boo Tom Brady and Bill Belichick off the field because the offense isn't in shape. It isn't uh, performing to your standards. 
Give me a break. Shut the hell up and get out of the Gillette Stadium. Don't ever go to a game again. Yeah, they don't have much reason to complain for, I don't know, 50 years or so. Maybe ever, ever. For 50 years, you can complain. Other than that, shut up. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Crazy. The Dallas Cowboys have some whiny-ass fans. You, you've won a lot, not recently. 25, 35, 45 years ago, you won some Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, still, for Cowboys fans, shut the hell up. I can remember a Cowboys Super Bowl. If I can remember it, it, it hasn't been long enough. Talk to me in, I don't know, 30 more years. If you haven't won a Super Bowl, then you can bitch and complain. Besides that, shut the hell up, Cowboys fans. Or yeah. anybody else who's won a Super Bowl. Uh, multiple Super Bowls within the last three, four decades. I don't want to hear a goddamn thing from you. Yes, yes, preach, Travis, preach. Uh, so yeah, so th- that's a that's what happened there. Uh, I don't know. I don't think there's really anything else uh, NFL related. Oh, I, I, I guess hoping the Saints would win. I'm trying to get out of the six seed. I don't want the six seed. I know that's what they're going to end up with. Yeah. I want the five seeds for obvious reasons. So I'm like, can, can Seattle lose? Okay, we got to hope Seattle loses a couple here because we don't own the tiebreaker over any of these teams. Right. Uh, the Saints, the Saints can't be a five seed. Uh, San Francisco or Seattle, one of them will be the five seed. Can we jump them? No, because we fucking lost to Seattle last week, and that was a very important game. Um, I so think... I was hoping I was very, very, very disappointed that uh, the Saints lost. I think the only way now this is this is very far fetched, but hear me out on this: if the Vikings win out and the Seahawks lose two of their next three games, they have to go to Carolina, and Carolina doesn't look like they are in the mood to you know play out the season by any stretch. But it is a it is a noon kickoff, so it'll be ten a.m. Uh, Pacific time. So we'll see what that does. And then they do have to play San Francisco last week the season. Should the, the Seahawks lose two games? Oh, they got Arizona. I think they got, a, well, they got Arizona. I think they better, got a better chance of losing Arizona than Carolina. Yeah, probably at this point. Probably. So that, let, let, me know, let me know when Seattle wins the, t- when a game, when, when the game by more than a touchdown. Yeah. It, it, they did it against Seattle or against Arizona earlier in the season. It was 27-10. But, yeah, th- th- that's why I'm not impressed by Seattle. Uh, they just, I don't know, now you lose Rashad Penny the, the with an ACL injury for the year, so Seattle's not without their flaws uh, by any stretch here. And San Francisco can lose a couple. I don't know how the tiebreaker, I think it'd be conference record. So I don't know what that would end up being. But mm. if San Francisco, if we could go 12-4 and four, and they could go 12-4, it'd have to lose to Seattle again, and then somebody else, which doesn't seem likely. They went through the stretch. What was it? They lost. Uh, they lost to Baltimore, and they beat everybody else. They beat the hell out of Green Bay. Yep. Uh, who else? But they. They. they New Orleans. Orleans but it, who else it, they beat? it was the. It was the three games they had to play: Green Bay, they had to play uh, Baltimore, and New Orleans. So they went two and one in that stretch. Uh, they also lost to Seattle a few weeks back in that. But, uh-huh. I mean, those are their only two losses, San Francisco. And all those games were close, besides the Green Bay game. Every one of those games came down to the last. Second. Yep. If not over. Yep. So. so we'll see what happens there. Uh, this, this NFC East. This NFC East. Um, they're, they're, something's got to change. This doesn't happen often. 
NFC well, NFC West and like AFC South, I think. Huh? I was just gonna say the NFC West one year with you know Seattle, and that was the yeah. Beast Quake. Uh, you know when Marshawn Lynch ran for a touchdown. I think the AFC South had it one year, but yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Like the Rams are gonna get left out, and they're gonna be like ten and six. And one of these NFC East teams probably gonna be eight and eight and making it, and they're gonna host Seattle or San Francisco is gonna win like. 11 or 12 games. So, it's it's not right. I don't understand it. Just because you win your division, well, I don't give a shit. If your division's bad, then it shouldn't matter. Um, Here's how shouldn't have a home playoff game. I'm not even sure it should be in the playoffs. Right. Everybody wants to talk. I'm sure we'll get to college football next. We're like, oh, this team won their conference. Okay, well, some, some years that doesn't matter to me. Right. Your conference is bad like the Big 12 was. I don't, I don't give a shit that Oklahoma won their conference. They had one other team worth mentioning in Baylor, and nobody thinks Baylor's any good. So you can win your conference all you want. But is your conference any good? That's what I want to know. ACC, who's not good, Devil Sweeney. If you've seen my, uh, have you seen my bull pick'em name yet, Stackett? I, I haven't. Let me Let me check that out here right yeah. now. The bull pick and returns for what the twenty fifth year. Yep. Uh, so we'll get that up and moving. Uh, picks what games start next uh, next Saturday. Next Friday. Friday we have two. We have a uh, Friday. We've got bowl games on Friday. Next yes, week? we have the Bahamas Bowl and the Frisco Bowl. Next Friday. Yes. What type of world are we living in? Dabo Sweeney sucks. <laughs> we'll be a piece of shit. They're like, oh, how disrespectful to Clemson. Just be lucky this wasn't five years ago or six years ago, because if it was, you wouldn't even be in the national title game, you shithead. Right. Because you're undefeated. You didn't beat anybody. That's not your fault. That's not your fault. Not your fault the ACC is awful. It's not your fault the conference is awful. It's not your fault that A&M was what A&M always is in a non-conference. That's just the way it is. No, I mean, I'm very happy LSU got the one seed. Yes. Because nobody beat the teams that they did. They just did. Ohio State, they're great, but you trailed Wisconsin for two and a half quarters. No, LSU hasn't trailed anybody for any amount of time <laughs> all year. Beat, beat the shit out of Yes. Huh? Yeah, I was just going to say to beat the hell out of Georgia. They beat the hell out of Georgia. Uh, they beat LSU. They beat Florida. They beat Alabama. They beat everybody you put you, you put across the, from them. Ohio State's a great team. Uh, they beat Michigan. Michigan's okay. Uh, they beat Penn State. Penn State's pretty good. They're not Alabama. None of those teams I mentioned are better than Alabama or Auburn or Georgia or Florida. I would argue that the uh, the four best wins out of uh, those teams all belong to LSU. Get in line after them. So uh, it was very much deserved that the LSU gets the one seed. Dang I I am too. I I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, and I thought you know the the difference between one and two going into championship week was not. Oh yes, it, it is a huge difference. But the difference between one and two, like the the gap between one and two, Ohio State and LSU, was very minimal. And that's why I thought if LSU could win and look impressive in beating Georgia, beating the fourth ranked team is looks a lot better than beating the eighth ranked team. And I think and especially with a pro Georgia crowd in there, it did feel a tad like a 
tad bit like a, a, a road game. And not that that bears any any deal on it, but for LSU to beat the fourth-ranked team, regardless of the wide receiver situation, I know that Blaylock, the, uh, one of the Georgia's wide receivers, tore his ACL in the game, and that wasn't good, but... Like they weren't gonna, they weren't even gonna come close. And Joe Burrow, to that play that he makes the to escape and throw that pass like on the run essentially uh, to Jefferson, and then he gets like 71 yards. Like that ball travels 50 yards in the air. Joe Burrow's winning the Heisman. We don't even have to discuss it. I can't remember a year where, and and maybe maybe I'm just off, but it like it is such a slam dunk. No brainer that Joe Burrow's going to win. Like I, I get that they had to invite uh, you know Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts and Chase Young to New York, but Joe Burrow is going to run away with the Heisman. And as I'm continuing to ramble on and stuff, I'm just I I, I absolutely like ask him. Yeah. How did you get good? <laughs> Why the hell are you good now? Well. It's the one good way. Like, why in the hell have you gone from just every other guy as we talked about all year long? Where does he come from? Last year, he completed 57% of his passes. Yep. This year, he's completing 77%. Who in the hell increases their completion percentage by 20 points? So, so here, here, here you go. Uh, first off, he did come from Ohio State, so it's not like you know the Danny oh, Etling. It's not. It's not like right. It's but it's not like the Danny Etling situation where he came from Purdue and Purdue's not known. You know, apart from Drew Brees from producing anyone worth a damn. Sorry, David Blau. Uh, Daniel Hunter's going to sack you again. But so so Burrow came in there. They 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 run in a pro style offense. What I think their offensive coordinator used to coach with the Saints. So there is an element. There is an NFL element to this offense. In fact, I think they are more like NFL oriented with some college flair. I think that's how it was described in one of the the pregame shows on Saturday. So he I think they what LSU presented to Burrow in the offseason is like, hey, we want to open up the playbook a little bit more. Do you think you can handle this? And I think it was just more like more because it's these NFL style plays that they're adding to the college level. I think Burrow is like, okay, yeah, we can really make this work. And another thing is, too, he played really well in the Fiesta Bowl last year against Central Florida. He threw for... It it is, but it was after a big hit that he took. He threw for four touchdowns and like 300 or almost 400 yards. So that was the beginning of what we're seeing now. Now, did anyone expect him to complete 77, 78% of his passes, which is leaps and bounds, you know, SEC record? Like, he's thrown for 47 touchdowns. That's an SEC record. The passing yards, he's, I mean, he's so much better than Matthew Stafford or any other SEC quarterback that's played. No one saw this coming, but I think you. You can see the elements of it with the NFL-style offense, with the New Orleans Saints, kind of with with their addition to the with their stamp on the LSU playbook. It makes a little more sense, which is why I think he's actually got a pretty good chance of being able to succeed in the NFL, even if it's with the Cincinnati Bengals. He's thrown 
was he make think and run a little bit? Like, yeah. where was this last year? Like, this one, we did like, with the completion percentage. Yeah. Well, I've never, I've never seen anything resembling this. He went from a guy that I wouldn't even have drafted to a guy that's going to be the first pick and won the Heisman. I've never seen that before. Because mm-hmm. he played last year and he wasn't good. He was just a guy. He was like any other LSU guy. And now he's going to win the Heisman and probably going to win a national title. And amazing. They should probably retire his number if they do such a thing. At, at LSU. Oh, he's so, never going to have to buy a meal in Louisiana again, especially if he wins the national championship. Yeah, unbelievable for Joe Burrow. I mean, the throws that he makes are, are unbelievable. And yeah, whoever gets the first pick, yeah, this is not a discussion. You don't pick the defensive end. You don't pick anybody else. See, I, I was of the mindset. Yeah, I, I was of the mindset that if I'm the Bengals. I draft Chase Young number one overall and then trade back into the top five, like trade a bunch of picks away to get Burrow or a Justin Herbert. But I've changed my I changed my mind in the last two weeks. You have to take Joe Burrow. You have to. I don't know of I don't know of any defensive end that's ever been like worth anything. Like who's the best defensive end in football? That's in football or just Who's ever been? It's just, I don't know, football or ever. Like, okay, Miles Garrett, he, did, he went number one, right? Yep. He's been fine. He's been good. Yep. Okay, does he make a difference? No. no. J.J. Watt is hurt every year. J.J. Yep. Watt is a Hall of Famer, and J.J. Watt is great. He's hurt every year. He misses fucking 12 games a year, and he doesn't matter to the Texans. Did they be in... bad, yeah. it's, it's been proven over the years. Houston Texan football, it's irrelevant if they have him in the lineup or not. They are about the same. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. It usually doesn't have the damn thing to do with J.J. Watt. Yeah, and Jadavian Clowney didn't do anything. Yeah, Jadavian Clowney and Mario Williams. And they were all Houston Texans. And then they're good, and they're fine, and they're fucking players. But a defensive end doesn't make a difference of whether or not you're good or you're a Super Bowl team. Every quarterback. That, that's what makes the difference. The Bengals are so bad on defense, though. That and that was one of the. And you factor in that it's Ohio State, and I think that's for the Bengals. Oh. Like two weeks ago, in their game against the Jets, they had the the smallest crowd ever at Paul Brown Stadium. Did you see this? Under forty thousand. It was thirty nine thousand, oh. like eight hundred people there watching this game between the Bengals and the Jets. So I think some of it matters. In regards, and the Bengals defense is bad, so they obviously need the talent. They need the help on that side of the ball. If you can bring a guy from Ohio State like a Chase Young that will help on that side of the ball, maybe help bring a few more fans in. But for the winning aspect of it, now it is clearly Joe Burrow. And yeah, so I'm I'm fully on the they, they have to do it. And Peter King, I know uh, you're not a huge fan, oh, but. Yeah. But in his Monday morning, what's item, no, item number twenty-seven on his ten things? I think, I think, I know, I think, I know. Yes, today. Uh, he said that it shouldn't even matter. Like all that, uh, no. that all that should, uh, all that should happen is right after the season's done. Cincinnati turns in the card with the uh, with Joe Burrow's name on it to Commissioner Goodell and say, you know, if any team tries to call, they just hang up on them because they because they're not going to listen to any sort of offer. It's it's Joe Burrow or bust, and it. Somebody sent me a, somebody just sent me a text. And I, I I have no idea who it was. <laughs> Hopefully, 
funny because sometimes they text me at work around this time and say, so-and-so can't make it. Can you get your ass up at fucking 4.30? And, yep, I'll be there. It could have been that. I have no idea. Did you so, tell them your phone wasn't working? No, because it just started today. It was working this morning and this afternoon. It just started, I don't know, about 2 o'clock today. So hopefully they were just texted me uh, if I don't answer or they call me here before I go to bed. No, or send it, or send you an email. Send an email. Pick Joe Burrow. Easy decision. Uh, all these other quarterbacks, I don't know if they're any good. Oregon guy, no idea. A Utah State guy, probably not. Uh, Tua, I think he'll be good. Um, if I may, Utah State's going to clobber Kent State, right? Like we're putting that pick in the for the bull pick. I don't that. That's going to be you know, a high-confidence pick, right? I'd imagine LSU is going to be pretty high-confidence picks. I'm sure um, I'm sure Alcorn State over North Carolina A&T is going to be high up there, right? You always pick the Celebration Bowl high, even though it should not be picked. I'm going to, I might actually move uh, it from one well, just one. for... The... Like, Jake, like, Jake Fromm is no good, and he's going to be a first... Like, why would he be a first-round pick? Why the, what has Jake Fromm ever done? He almost... He always, oh, yeah, he, he, should be, he should be a first-rounder. He almost led Georgia to the championship game a couple years ago before Tua came in. What What have you done this? Has he gotten better? No, he has not. Like, you got that other jackass with Jacob Eason went to Washington. Yep. And he's no good either. And people are talking to you about him. Oh, maybe you draft him. Mm-hmm. Like, again, these are guys I literally would not draft. I wouldn't draft Jake Locker. I would not draft Christian Ponder with the last pick in the goddamn draft. Because I feel so strongly that these guys are shit. Right. Or no good. Why waste time with Jake Fromm? What the fuck is Jake Fromm ever going to be? Jake from yeah, State you know. Farm? Where's khakis? He sucks. <laughs> he sucks. So back to the college football playoff. We both in the... We're both in agreement that LSU is the right team to be at number one. And regardless of what some people out there might think, like you, Michael Wilbon, uh, if Michael Wilbon listens to the podcast, sorry, Wilbon, I had to call you out. But, uh, Michael he's, Wilbon, I haven't watched that show in a long time. Whenever I, whenever I see him, he's, he's stupid. I don't know what happened to him. He used to be fine. I was stupid. And he says it doesn't matter who the number one team was. It was a non-story. It is a big story because... That's what he says? That's what he said. He said it on PTI today. I would much much rather play Oklahoma. And what does he say to that? He didn't like. He's like it's. It's not matter. They're all in there. They're playing against each other. Like this is not a round robin. You are playing. This <laughs> is Clemson is the most dangerous three seed we've ever seen in the college football playoff, uh, and that's uh, what, name. Okay, if we let's look back because this is year six, right? We should look back. Well, I would at, say yeah. I would say you're probably right because the the only teams to win this thing. In five years, have been a two seed or a four seed. A three seed is never won, and a one seed is never won. So that's crazy. I would agree with that. That's crazy. Now, that doesn't help yeah. uh, uh, LSU's cost. They, they can rewrite history, though. Ed, Ed Orgeron, Coach O. Uh, Benjamin, uh, great day, great day for the state of Louisiana. Benjamin, what do we 
talking the beignets? What are you talking about? The beignets, shut the beignets. We're going to go down there. Uh, you know, crocodile, it's a great day in the state of Louisiana. Uh, LSU football. Huh. Uh, and good job for LSU for keeping keeping him. Yes, yes, absolutely. Good job keeping him. They didn't go after whoever. They didn't go after Lane Kiffin, for God's sake. They kept him. So Ole Miss job. is going to suffer in like a half a decade when all of those wins get vacated. I don't... It's... it's yeah. But, well, why you give him a job, I, I'm not sure. But, but, so go right ahead. We'll see what happens. But the the fact is, you know, with LSU being number one, you want to play Oklahoma, the four seed. You would have wanted to play Utah if Utah hadn't shit the bed against Oregon. Baylor. Or, yes, you would have. Or Baylor. You would have wanted to play any of the. Oklahoma is probably the strongest, the strongest team of those three between Utah and Baylor. But LSU is going to crush them. Clemson is so dangerous that for Ohio State now, it's like, oh my gosh. You know, we're going to see, you know, Chase Young and Justin Fields and stuff, and this is a very, very talented team, and they might not get past, you know, this Clemson team, or, or vice versa. Maybe Clemson doesn't get past Ohio State. Either way, you're losing a huge team in the semifinals that arguably hasn't that has an argument for the one or the two seed and winning a national championship. And that's just that's just how it is this year. There, there are three great teams and then everyone else. This is a good year to have the playoff because Clemson, I would think, deserves a chance to defend their national title. Yes. Being undefeated. Yep. And to do so, they'll have to beat two other undefeated teams. So, and, and they will have that chance. I, I'm going to pick Clemson to beat Ohio State. Ohio State didn't show me anything yep. against Wisconsin. Agreed. And uh, Clemson, they haven't played anybody where I can judge. Well, how good are they against top 10 whatever team? I don't know. They, they, they dominate everybody. They beat the hell out of everybody. The quarterbacks didn't have a great year. He's struggled. And then last. He hasn't thrown a pick in like five or six straight games. He's been better now, so the defense is always good. I wonder what the odds would have been that he could have gotten where Trevor Lawrence and Tua, I didn't even invite it to the Heisman ceremony. When those two guys are yeah. the lock, those two guys are going to be the Heisman, yep. um, they're not even there. So That's crazy. So it is a big deal. Uh, the committee did get it right. I, I saw, like, you know, I think Jerry Palm on CBS Sports had – uh, had Ohio State won, and uh, then people on ESPN had LSU number one. So it was, kind, you know, depending on where you went to for these bowl projections and playoff thoughts, you know, prognosticators, it was yeah. divided. And that that's the good thing. It wasn't a, a clear-cut one, but I'm, I'm glad that we're on the right side of this and LSU being the one. Seed. So uh, the bowl pick'em is available. So we'll talk about the college bowl games in in more next week and in the weeks to follow because it's a great time of the year, bowl season. Uh, you can join us. It's the let's get the the group name here. It's the Sports Lounge, right? Is that that what we're on? Yeah. It's on my Facebook. So. Yeah. Let Let's get Let me get this here for the for the people. Season four. I guess it's always season four. The Sports Lounge Season 4, no space between Season and 4, but join us. Uh, you know, Travis will, is in it. You already got Dabo Sweeney sucks as his entry. I'll be in it. Marcus, Charlie, uh, Boots, 
Uh, maybe Drew Almond might oh, do it. Uh, well, hopefully you and every uh, everyone you know join us. Uh, test your knowledge here. Uh, Forty-one games you get to pick, and uh, I'm hoping to have a better showing than I've had the last two years. It has not been good, and I will just say this: the worst game. Uh, let me let me ask you: what's the worst bowl game matchup? Oh, shit. There's one with who? Who's playing in the quick lane bowl? Oh, Pittsburgh and Eastern Michigan. Oh, that's so garbage. That's up there, boys. That is up there. <laughs> uh, the, Idaho, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl is Nevada and Ohio. That is sure to be shit. And, but I have one that I think that takes the cake on both of those. Okay. It's the Red Box Bowl. Between Cal and Illinois. It's not good. I'm not gonna watch that probably, but it's probably not great. And, like I, I don't. It, the pit though, pit Eastern Michigan. That is really, that is tough to beat. Or uh, um, you know, you got Georgia yeah. Southern against Liberty. That's ugh, ugh. Let's see. What are some of these other? Yeah, these, I think uh, we at least scrape the bottom of the barrel for the most part. Those would be your your worst games. Georgia State and Wyoming and what Toledo? Toledo got left out. They were the six. Okay, so let me ask if oh if Army gets the six wins, they can't be in it then. Because they would be right, six yeah, and they're seven. Not, they're not beating Navy, but yeah. They would Why didn't Toledo get in? Too low of uh yeah. Teams. Right, but I'm just wondering, like, what was the, the I cutoff? Know, I don't know why or what, what the deal was where maybe there was one that it was going to always be that conference or they had the MAC. Yep. I don't know if it was, they just didn't have enough spots or other teams with other spots. So we, they, they've got to do a better job here with the Bulls. This ain't going to change, but they've got to do a better job here of getting good bowl games. Because Boise State, I don't care about them playing Washington. I don't care about uh, what's another game here. That uh, nobody could possibly care about. They, they need to put these group of five conferences, they need to take the best team from each of the conferences and they need to play each other. Mm-hmm. Boise State, Appalachian State, uh, Miami, Ohio, whatever. I don't care about them. Uh, Florida Atlantic. they got to take these teams, the conference winners that don't make the big game, play each other. Whoever wins the Mountain West, you get to play, uh, you know, top AAC team. Yep. Whoever play, whoever's the, the best MAC team, you get to play the best Sunbelt team. Give me a game I give a shit about. Yep. And as always, I think I'm going to have to look at, you know, teams that have lost their head coaches or have just lost a big game, you know, at the end of the season. Like, how much do they really care about this? Like, you know what? I don't know if Florida Atlantic, Florida Atlantic's playing a home game. Because they're playing in the Boca Raton Bowl, the Cherry Bundy Boca Raton Bowl against SMU. I think SMU's got the offense, but I mean Florida Atlantic. That's a, that's a good that's a good one for them. I mean App State. I think App State should beat the hell out of UAB in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, but they just they're going to lose their coach to Missouri. Uh, let's see any anyone else here. There was one other one I thought that I don't I don't know, but like. 
Boston College, Cincinnati. Oh, my God. Cincinnati should kick the crap out of them. Louisiana, Miami, and the Lending Tree Bowl. Ooh. Oh, that's Monday, January 6th. What your whistle for the, you know, between that and the national championship game. And this game is going to be super ugly. Virginia Tech and Kentucky in the Belk Bowl. Like, what a year for the Belk Bowl to go out with offensively challenged Kentucky against Virginia Tech and Bud Foster on his way out. There's not many good bowl games. There's the top ones, and then there's the, the secondary ones, like uh, Alabama, Michigan, Auburn, Minnesota. And other than that, I don't care about any of these games. So do a better job. Florida State, Arizona State, don't care about. Toy and the Tiger Sun Bowl. I don't know how to... <laughs> I don't know how the calendar laid out last year, but the bowl season sucked because it was over on, like, January 1st. Yep. I and like the, I like it's more spread out this year. I think that's better. Yes. Have, have games January 3rd, 4th, 5th. The National Championship game, there's no reason that should be on the 13th. That should be on January 6th. Yep. Um, two weeks, two weeks between. So that's, that's a bit obscene. But I guess I always like to put together my rankings of uh, my 16-team playoff. Yes, yes, I, I saw this. I always, this is very good. I always think that every conference winner uh, should be in the playoff. Absolutely that's agree. Like, because that's the, that's the way it is in every other sport. If you win your conference, uh, you get to go in the playoffs. That is literally the way it works in every sport, at every level. Baseball, football, volleyball. You win your conference, you get to play for the national championship or whatever the hell sport you think. Mm-hmm. So there you go. The one seed LSU, again, all these games will be played at the home sites. The one seed LSU would play Miami of Ohio. The two seed Ohio State would play Florida Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of these games, not going to be very good. But uh, 16 teams. Yeah, but you know what? That's points. that's what you get in the NCAA tournament. You get 16 seeds against yes. one seeds, 15s against twos. They aren't they aren't going to be good. You know the the winner of the the SWAC is not going to beat the Big Ten. You know it's it's just not going to happen. And then the FCS playoffs you get blowouts too. So. Yes. Uh, Clemson three seed would take on the four seed Appalachian State. Uh, four seed Oklahoma would take on number thirteen Boise State. That that piques my interest. Yes. Boise State and Oklahoma. Yep. Uh, yeah, Ian Johnson. We get the the we get to, to remember. Yes. Yes. Uh, basically, I guess on the college football rankings, number five, Georgia would take on number twelve Memphis. That interests me. Now, why would you have Georgia at five if they just got blown up by LSU? Like, I agree they should I'm, be in I'm it. Just going by, I'm just going by the college football ranks. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. The, the, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm basing it on. Okay. Basically, yep. you take the you basically take the top 11 teams, and then you got the five extra conference winners most years. Gotcha. Okay. So yep. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to interest me, Georgia and Memphis. Yep. Um, six seed would play 11. I guess in this case it would be Oregon and Utah, which we already saw. Yep. Um, I guess I had Oregon and Alabama in my thing before the rankings came out, which is a hell of a lot more interesting. Yes. I had I had uh, Auburn and Alabama in over Penn State and Utah. Um, Baylor, I guess, would play Penn State, 7 versus 10, Wisconsin for Florida, 8 versus 9. Um, if I had Florida at 7, 
Baylor eight, Utah nine, Auburn at ten, Alabama eleven. So I had a few different matchups based on my ranking. But like Baylor versus Utah, winner of that plays LSU. So I mean, you know, first round there's some intriguing matchups in the second round, and but um, you know that'll never happen. But I always like to see what what could it be if they did it like everybody else. Uh, you were talking about the NFC East earlier. The Eagles are trailing the Giants 17-3 to at the start of the third quarter. Eli Manning. It's Eli Manning's return. He's thrown two touchdowns. Don't pick a uh, North Dakota State quarterback with the second pick. Yeah, probably not. I know it's raining there and stuff, but uh, yeah, not this, this is pretty embarrassing going on right now in Philadelphia. And that leads me to this. I don't really want to talk about it, but it needs to be discussed because we can't ignore it. SDSU loses a home game to Northern Iowa 13-10. So their season's done. I would argue the season was all but over after the injury to Jabori Gibbs in the, the Dakota Marker game and then subsequently when Pierre Strong Jr. hurt his knee and was out for the year. Like, it just... it it. The wheels were falling apart, and SDSU gets out to a 10-0 lead, and they should have won this game very easily, but they turned the ball over too much. And, you know, Keaton Heidi, he was, uh, I thought he did very well considering the circumstances. You know, he, the, the freshman quarterback gets thrown in there, and he, he did his best. He did well, but they just had too many turnovers uh, in this game, and and they lose, and then I just see the the Twitter squabble, you know, between you know Matt Zimmer, the Argus leader, covers the Jackrabbits and does a great job, and you know he's just he mentions the fans and stuff. He's like, oh, there was like twenty five hundred there. I think I saw the the attendance total was just over four thousand. But then people get into arguments and stuff about it, like, oh, you know. Why do you gotta mention the uh, the attendance and be snide about it and everything? It's just like people, come on, this is it. It's not good. Does it necessarily need to be pointed out? Maybe not. But considering that this was the athletic department's number one goal was to increase football attendance, and you had a good day weather-wise for football in December. Yeah, it, it kind of does need to be mentioned because it's like, well, how you got this new stadium and no one's coming to it. How are you supposed to increase it? How is the football program supposed to remain relevant or keep getting better and better if the fans don't show up? And so I get it. Uh, I don't know if it why, why do people not show up? We know we, we've crunched the numbers here and we came up with what is it, 15 to 16,000 people is what they're going to max out at for SDSU fans. Hobo Day, North Dakota State, they're going to get 15 to 16,000 SDSU fans yep. in that stadium. Yep. Uh, toward the end of the year, it's going to come down to 10,000. And these last couple of games, what was it, 7,000? Yep. And so why is it? Where it's the playoffs, it, it's four. This is 41. They ended up 761 fans short of matching that college game day game against NDSU. And I asked, will yep. they be able to match that in their last three home games? And, you and were, they couldn't. You were right. They couldn't. You, you were absolutely I right. I I think last week I said, you know, give me 6,000 people. 
weather wasn't an issue, crops are done, the hunting, we don't need the hunting done. Uh, North, Northern Iowa, we know who they are. There, there, there's no excuse to be made. The weather wasn't excused. We didn't play southeastern Louisiana, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't play Coppin State or Nickel State. We played a conference hall that we know very well. And I, I, even I was surprised. Even I was stunned. When I saw 4,100 people went to that thing, I was stunned. I thought maybe they'd get five. 4,100. Why do they not go? They've proven that they can for some games. Well, why do they not go? <laughs> I, 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 I think don't... it's the ticket price. I think it's the ticket price. That, that's, that's... That, that's what I think. Yep. That's what I think. I don't. I don't think you're wrong in that assessment. I believe that's, and, and then you factor in, you know, cost of parking and driving to the game and food and everything like that. Yes, it is expensive to go. Uh, you know, it's not quite as expensive on the, um, you know, for basketball and stuff. But that's because basketball has more home games and stuff. And people will say, well, if SD, how can SDSU have eleven thousand? People, you know, 10,000 people show up for a Summit League championship game or, you know, just a Summit League tournament game. Well, A, it's indoors. B, it's actually in Sioux Falls. And I get that people, I, I get the argument that, you know, SDSU fans should be able to travel 50 miles north for the game. I think that's a very valid argument. It's just a straight shot up I-29. But I don't, you know, like, let's put the Summit League tournament in... Brookings versus Sioux Falls. Put it in Omaha. Put it in Omaha, sure. I don't know if you'll get the same attendance as you would that with it being in Sioux Falls. It's just I just don't know if that's that's possible. I would think that I would think it would have a very high number, but with the, the Summit League tournament being in Sioux Falls, it's just you have a vast more vastly like higher populated area for people to go see the game and only have to travel 10 to 15 minutes so that is a factor in this as well um it was the lowest attended playoff game of the eights let's let me see the other i, I mean obviously i know of central, Ar- central arkansas sacramento state both had 5100 SDSU had 4,100. Weber State had 5,400. JMU is going to have a lot. Montana and Montana State, I think they, they have a very high following as well. So I'm sure they were in the maybe the 10,000 range north of that, maybe. Montana was 16.5. Montana was nearly 13. NDSU was 15,690, which apparently is the lowest they've had in a long time for a playoff game, nearly 16,000. And James Madison nearly had 11. So, I mean, there's a clear line here. Weber State, Sacramento State, SDSU, and Central Arkansas all drew between 4,100 and 5,400 on the low end. All these other schools, between 10 and 16,000. I mean, Montana was like 30, it was, weather was like December weather, 30-some degrees in Montana, and they almost packed in 17,000. Let, so. let me ask you this. If Jabori's playing, if Pierre Strong's playing, if, if SDSU had, was, was, the one seed. Had, was the one seed, yep, only had the one loss to uh, to Minnesota yeah, at the no. beginning of the season, I think that I think then you would 
have maybe oh, yeah. maybe doubled the the attendance, which still would have been good. It would have been eight thousand. It would have been very low. But I think minimum you double that, right? I think it's just I think with all the injuries and stuff, I think it. I think the season the air got let out of the balloon. I really think that. I just think people lost interest. And, I, and, you, and, you, and you mentioned all these STSU fans that are not, so they're the minority. But again, I saw probably the same, some of the same tweets you did, looking at Zimmer stuff. They're like, yeah, this is what you're talking about. Like, who are these people? And you got Boots on Facebook saying, being an STSU fan is worse than a Viking fan. And that's been said before. And, and, and I've said before. That's a dumb argument. Such a dumb argument. I hate that argument. I've said that before that. No, SDSU, I don't ever remember SDSU losing a playoff game that they should not have. While uh, while Travis is talking there, let's uh, it, we'll keep, we'll keep the NFL or the the Jackrabbit conversation going here. But let's let's look back at week. We're just gonna morph right in. It's gonna be a weird weird podcast. We're just gonna go right into to our week fourteen NFL recap. Uh, yes, the Monday Night Football game is still going on. The Giants are leading seventeen three. Alshon Jeffries out, Lane Johnson's out for the Eagles. So the Eagles are going to lose this game in all likelihood. It's not good. Uh, they're going to be 5-8. and eight. So they, at best, they'd be 8-8 eight and eight for the NFC East title. It's just embarrassing. Thursday night, uh, speaking of embarrassing, speaking of the NFC East, or the NFC least in this case, Dallas Cowboys jump out to a 7-0 lead early. They score a touchdown, 17-play drive, and they are up 7-0, but... Ultimately, uh, we'll say Mitchell Trubisky played very well. Three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. And the Bears, the final score was not indicative of how badly the Bears beat down the Cowboys. Bears win 31-24, improved to 7-6 and on the season. Uh, Green Bay just struggled. They were maybe bored with Washington. They beat Washington 20-15. Aaron Jones, 134 yards rushing and a touchdown for the Packers. Um, stunning upset in Houston. I was concerned that it could be a trap game or a letdown game for the Texans, and it was. Hello? Drew Locke, hello, hello, hello. Drew Locke, okay. yes, good, good. Drew Locke uh, beats uh, the Houston Texans 38-3, to three touchdowns in the first half, 245 yards. So that was a big win there for the Denver Broncos, and maybe they have their quarterback of the future. A bad loss for the Houston Texans. And we'll go back to the Week 14 recap here in just a little bit. But uh, Travis joins me back now. Was that work that was calling you there? No, that was Melissa. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, I won't keep you from Melissa much longer here. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the argument... Like, it, it just sucks. We know what's going on. I don't think it's that SDSU lacks the fans because I think they the the fans support the team and stuff. It's just they support them in other ways and they aren't going necessarily to the game. I, I, I know SDSU isn't lacking for a fan base. It's just that these people aren't going to the football games. I don't know. I heard some excuses for other places that it's the holiday season well not really we got two weeks to Christmas and again they're drawing from a very small area and they can draw 15,000 people uh, for games so we know that 
Uh, somebody said, oh, you know, the, you play up the regular season games, and you know when the regular season games are going to be. You don't really know when the playoffs are going to be. We, no, knew that they were, they, we knew they were going to be playing on a Saturday two weeks from now. Two weeks. Yeah. yeah and we knew they were going to be playing on that Saturday fucking three, three, four months ago. Yes. Um, we're in the playoffs every year. We always play on that Saturday. This is no surprise anymore. Playing on SDSU, playing football the first Saturday of December. Plan on that for the foreseeable future because that's what they've done for many years now. They've had a first round or a second round playoff game for what, eight straight years? So this is not nothing new. This is not something that was a surprise. So those excuses are uh, not valid here. Uh, some idiot on Twitter, I don't know who this guy is, he said maybe the athletic director and ticket office should do their job and sell some tickets so we actually have a home field advantage. Oh I don't fault them at all. If people want tickets, they're going to buy them. I don't know what Justin Sell and the marketing and the ticketing office can do. People know people know what SDSU is. It's not like we're hiding uh, behind the forest trees here. Maybe Are alcohol any- could be could help in that. Maybe if they would sell sure some beer, I think that could help. One uh, one guy said SDSU football has reached its ceiling under the current. Football staff not advocating a complete overhaul, which fan support and team performance has reached its peak until something changes. This is a team that reached the semifinals for the second consecutive year, and if their quarterback didn't get hurt, we all assume they would have reached the semifinals for a third consecutive year. So to that, whoever that guy is, you're a stupid idiot. And, like I said, and the, injuries. Yes, the injuries were a huge thing. And I just to that point here, you I, does this person realize that if they weren't in the same freaking conference as the dynasty, like a dynasty that we very rarely see at the FCS level, SDSU would have probably been in Frisco at least twice, if not three times. Like this is, it's not like they're losing in the semifinals to some terrible teams. They're losing to dynasties. So I don't understand where another guy said injuries played a part, and he said, imagine if Gibbs and Pierce Strong were healthy. Different game. Yes, that guy gets it. This is not, Was that me? Yeah. <laughs> it should have been. It, it, this is not difficult. There's really like no, once you lose, you're sad, but there's nothing to be sad about because you're down to your third-string quarterback and your running back is out. It's like, even if they would have won, you got James Madison next week, and that wasn't going to well. So there's really nothing to, to once well, the quarterback got hurt, and that was it. Yeah. And you see how the backup does, and he did whatever he did. They won some games, they lost some games. And apparently, Steve said during the press conference, open quarterback competition next year. I have no idea why. I thought Jabori Gibbs showed much more than he could have expected from a freshman. I think he's just got to say it. I think he's just got to say it. You know, in, in that moment there, you know, because you know that Keaton Heidi's good, and maybe it's to make sure that Keaton Heidi stays around because there might be other programs sniffing around to try and get him. Like, what? And I just don't understand that. Like, Jaboy Gibbs is going to win this job if he's healthy. There's nothing yes. that this backup show that said, yeah, it would be better than Jaboy Gibbs. Like, I just don't understand. And State knows who the better guy is. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what we're doing wasting our time. And that'll be a storyline going into next August. And maybe that's the uh, point. Who's the quarterback going to be? But we all know who it's going to be. So it's yep. a waste of time. Yep. But maybe that's the whole point, is to have that storyline in there. But, uh, 
yeah, so SDSU's football season's done. Basketball, eh, I think it's good. Could be a bit of a down year for SDSU athletics overall, but uh, they'll be back up and going strong here. And I guess you know by that I mean football and basketball. Um, you mean they're strong when you say going strong? Yes, 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 I do. So there's that. Um, I guess that's about does it for me. What else do you have? Any other controversy uh, in know, South Dakota sports? What? Any other controversy in South Dakota sports uh, like we had last week that we need to get to? No, not too bad. Um, Chris Stradworth, quarterback, was he quarterback? Last year, a couple years ago, two years ago now. Chris Stradler, Ophus quarterback, transferred to USD and great success for him. Uh, with, with USD, yep. got him into the playoffs and all that. And then he went up to Canada. Anyway, great cup, couple weeks ago when he was the starting quarterback uh, for the great cup team. Hey, Chris Trevler, good. He's doing good. I think he's on the same team as Winnicky is. So. Oh, Montreal. Yeah, so good, good for Trevler, uh to win it or whatever the hell was going on. And I'm, sad, I'm, I'm not really paying attention a whole lot. And he's celebrating. He's got like this big... Um, Fur jacket on, and like he's Joe Namath, and he got this big beard. They're in the parade, and like, yeah, good for, good for Chris Steffler. Yeah, good job. So good for him. I saw somebody who's associated with USC Athletics tweet out, a media member, of course. He says, "How does anybody watch Taysom Hill play? The uh, what guy for the uh, Saints? Saints, yeah." Why does anybody watch Taysom Hill play and not think there's a place for Chris Strebler oh in the God. NFL? And some guy says, I was just talking about that. Why is he not getting his chance? And the guy's like, well, he's still my time will tell. <laughs> Taysom Hill, quarterback for BYU, we'd run a lot. He's with the Saints quarterback once in a while. He's a special teams guy. Was he blocked a punt against the Vikings yep. a while ago? He's a wide receiver. He, he does. He's a, he's a Swiss Army knife. Let, let let's just yeah. put it at that. He sure. can do just about he's anything. So he does a lot of things. And um, you know, Chris Devlin, I thought he was like having this great year. He's you know ripping up the Canadian Football League and winning a great cup. Game. I decided to look at his stats this, this afternoon. Like, well, you know, he, Chris Trevor must be pretty good, you know, talking <laughs> him up like this. Maybe, maybe he'll get an NFL shot. And he won, he won the Canadian Super Bowl. Well, I want to take a guess. He, he didn't start the whole year. He started the back half of the year, and he was a starting quarterback for the Okay. Great Cup winning team. So I'll say thirteen touchdowns, seven interceptions. How many games? How many games? First off, I, I don't know, eight games or seven, seven, eight games. I'm not okay. sure. Uh, with, with, with the exchange rate, I'll say seven, uh, six, sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred yards. It's seventeen hundred yards passing, thirteen touchdowns, seven picks. It was like 1,700 yards passing, yes. and he, he runs a lot, so his rushing numbers are very good. When, uh, I, I looked at the touchdowns and the interceptions, so I was a shock as I was looking at the attendance. What did you say, 13 and 7? I said, yes, 13 and 7. He threw for 8 touchdowns and threw 14 interceptions. Oh, my God. 
was I looking at Josh Allen stats or was I looking at <laughs> Strelick's stats? Oh, so I'm looking okay. at this. I'm like, oh, he's probably true, probably, I don't know, probably 20 touchdowns this year, I bet. And probably had six, seven intercepts. He probably threw 20 touchdowns, I figured. Yeah. The way you know, I would see highlights on TV and I go, oh, Chris Struggler and the team, they win the game. Like, wow, okay. Then I look up his stats today. Eight touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Okay, he wants a chance. He's going to be Taysom Hill. He sure as fuck isn't going to be a quarterback. I know that much. Want to put him in as a tight end or something? By all means, Chris Trevler. Be a tight end or a, or a receiver. You're sure as hell not a quarterback. No. Eight touchdowns and 14 interceptions. In Canada, good out to win the Great Cup. I'm not good enough to uh, to make a practice squad in this country. Oh my gosh! Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I, I I don't know why he's not getting a chance, Zach, to be to be a tight end or why, receiver. Why is USB always at the the center of these controversies? And I didn't even I didn't even say anything about that. What I should say is. I'm not even gonna say. No, anything. nope, nope. Just don't don't wade into these mucky waters, Grins. It's not worth it. It's not worth the time on on this one. Let's just let them do that. Now I will say this. Now I might be a tad biased, but I was a little surprised that Jake Wenicky did not um, make it to sure. make it to a practice squad. You know, you you don't be that productive in college on, you know, and you can't teach height. That's what he has. You, you, you I mean you can work with speed and stuff, but. I was a little surprised that he didn't get a chance. I'm glad to see he's doing well in Canada. Um, did you look up his stats at all? No, I don't think he did anything of note either. Okay. Um, um, I mean, SDSU last year, I don't know if they did this year, but they were 19th in the country last year in attendance for football. Um, a lot of HBCUs, a lot of black schools in there. Um, so if you get rid of those HBCUs, they were tenth in attendance last year. Shot back ten thousand at the FCS level, right? Yeah, they were they were nineteenth if you count the HBCUs. They were tenth if you don't. So that's good. I mean, that's good. They're top ten, top twenty, depending on how you want to look at it. If you had a roof, if you had a dome, how many more people do you think would be coming to the games in November and December? I think I don't know. I don't think a whole lot. Well, they've gotten 6,000 yesterday. I don't know. I, just, I mean, I just look at Montana. They got 16,000 people in, in uh, Missoula, Montana to see. Montana beat Southeast Louisiana like 73 to 28. The, the, only, the only thing I'm going to say about Montana is that they've been such an established program for years. I don't know. Like, SDSU was getting there. It was like, at what point are we going to be here 10 years later still talking about drawing it? 5,000 or fewer fans to a playoff game? Probably. Yeah. But. I don't know. That's the way it goes. Steven Strasburg signed for a lot of money. Yes. Most money ever for a pitcher until Derek Cole signs in a few days, and yeah. that'll be the most money ever for a pitcher. Are we so, still thinking West Coast for him, or do you think the Yankees nab him? Probably the Yankees, I'm thinking. Okay. For, from what I understand, he's going to take the money. So, okay. good for him. Um, and a big, now, can I just nominate the, the San Diego Padres as the official team of the Sports Block podcast? Yes, that'll be fine. Okay. Uh, they make another trade last week. This happened, like, just hours after we talked. 
Hey, granted, we talked late in the week on uh, on Thursday, but they, they they traded with the Rays for Tommy Pham, uh, a oh, bull, yeah. bullpen guy. Uh, they traded a few prospects away. Any thoughts on that? I thought it was a, overall a, a good trade by the, the Padres. I was just a little surprised by it. They traded Hunter Renfro. I assume Tampa traded... Wait, Sam wait, is it is it that Hunter Renfro of Oakland Raiders? Yes, he's also a receiver for Clemson, a receiver for the Raiders, and he's a baseball player as well. There's a lot of things. A lot of people don't talk about him like to do Bo Jackson, but he's just as good as not better. Or Russell Wilson. Or Russell Wilson. Yeah, Hunter Renfro, who is cheaper and younger than Tommy Sam, and we all know or Tampa and Oakland are all about the cheapers. Cheaper it is, the younger they are, the, the more they want them. So, Hunter Renfro, power guy, can hit home runs. His on-base percentage not very good. His defense, I guess, is pretty good. Uh, Tommy Pham, very good on-base percentage. So, I guess I like it from the Padres' perspective. They're adding some payroll. Doesn't look like any of these big names are going to go to San Diego. But they've got enough guys coming up. So, it could be a couple years away from being a serious contender. But uh, we like them. We like the Mm -hmm. Padres. They're, they're being aggressive, and hopefully the moves pay off. I mean, Eric Hosmer didn't pay off or hasn't paid off yet. Manny Machado didn't really last year, but we'll see where that goes. And then any any more movement on the uh, Madison Bumgarner train to, uh, to Minneapolis? Him and Engine Ryu, I'd be good with either of them. You need to get one of them. If you don't get one of them, then the offseason was kind of, it'll be a disappointment. Unless you trade for somebody. Can't get one of those two guys. But they'll be good next year. They should be good next year, but they're not a contender. They're not a serious contender because they don't have the pitcher. So, uh, we signed Pineda again right after we were done talking last week. Mm-hmm. Signed Pineda. Yep. Two years, twenty million. That's good. So, well, he'll miss the first thirty-nine games, but I'm glad they resigned him. So, I think even if they sign Baumgartner or Reed, I they just still don't have the pitcher. They just, they just don't have it, and they're not going to get it unless one of these young guys comes up and and gives it to them. They just don't. Because, I mean, you just look at the teams that made it. Just look at Washington. Look at their starters. They had three all-stars. Look at Houston. They got three Hall of Famers on their staff. Look at the Dodgers. Look at, the, look at all these teams. They've got so many pitchers. Twins have a couple. So. Yep. P- pitching wins. Pitching wins games. No other doubt. No, no doubt about it. But, uh, all right. Anything else before we say so long? That should do what I think. All right. Uh, good luck with the phone. Uh, looking forward to talking to you on a new flip phone next week. And uh, you have a great rest of your week. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Bowl, uh, with bowl games coming up. Oh, my God. Bowl games are next week. That's yeah, funny. I don't know why they're on Friday, but... Uh... That's fine. Get it a day earlier. Sign me up. Sign me up for it. All right. Good luck to everybody in the bowl pick And a reminder, Dabo Sweeney sucks. <laughs> you know, I like his Right. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Krenz. All right. We'll see you later. Travis Krenz joining us here. Uh, Sports Block Podcast. Again, the, the bowl pick is it's up. It's current. It's the Sports Lounge Season 4. No space between season and four, but make your 
entry, make your picks, and uh, test your knowledge against Marcus and Charlie and Travis and myself, and we'll see who else joins us. But it's always a fun time, so uh, make your picks there. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll get into a lot more of the bowl game talk next week. We'll make some picks and stuff. We'll get Charlie Hildebrand on to, to pick the first chunk of uh, games, bowl games here going on next week. Uh, so uh, let's continue with a look back at week 14 in the NFL, uh, Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson throws three touchdowns, but wasn't overly impressive. Give credit to the Buffalo Bills defense, but the Ravens ultimately win 24 to 17. They hold the Bills. Uh, Bills couldn't uh, convert on fourth down conversion late in the game, so the Ravens escape with the win. The Browns uh, probably got more of a game from the Bengals than they anticipated. Uh, Baker Mayfield throws two interceptions, but Cleveland ultimately wins 27-19. But that's not the, the main story in this one. The main story happened afterward. Uh, Baker Mayfield essentially throwing his medical training staff under the bus for saying that uh, injury with Odell Beckham wasn't handled properly. He tweeted out that he didn't mean, to, he didn't mean for anyone to take it like that, but... It's kind of hard not to, and Odell Beckham Jr. apparently wants out of Cleveland, so, oh my God, the Browns and the dysfunction, it just continues, just continues. Uh, game of the day, we talked about it, uh, Travis and I did, the 49ers beat the Saints 48-46, to I never would have expected 94 points, but that's what we got, and it was glorious, I mean, the Saints jumped out to a 27-14 lead, Manuel Sanders with a touchdown pass to uh, Raheem Mostert, uh, I'm just going to call him Raheem Mostert. I think it, I think it works. I think it works. It makes sweet music. And the, the 49ers uh, had the lead, kicked the field goal to make it 45-40. Saints come back down, score a touchdown. Drew Brees uh, to Tommy Lee Lewis, I believe. And then the 49ers, George Kittle, fourth and two. What a hit. This play, if you didn't see it, you, you got to go check it out. The catch, and then he carries like three or four Saints defenders while getting face masked. He does do a stiff arm himself, but uh, Robbie Gold hits the game-winning field goal, and the 49ers win 48-46. Falcons complete the se- the season sweep of the Carolina Panthers. They throttle him 40-20. Lose Calvin Ridley for the year uh, with an injury, but after Ron Rivera, head coach of the Carolina Panthers, got fired last week, Kind of expected uh, Carolina to have that sort of performance. The New York Jets escape with a 22-21 win. They win on a last-second field goal by Sam Ficken. That was aided by a pass interference penalty. The yeah, you know what? Oh, New York said, hey, this play should be called pass interference. Flag was dropped. It helped extend the drive. And uh, we still don't know why in the hell pass interference is what it is. Minnesota Vikings beat the Detroit Lions 20-7. Very uneventful game. Lions score a touchdown late. The Vikings should have had a shutout. Wasn't great, but they got the deal done, and that's all that matters. Uh, Jameis Winston throws for 456 yards, four touchdowns. He did throw three picks, including a pick six by Darius Leonard of the Indianapolis Colts. But the Buccaneers win 38-35. Uh, crazy game. Seesaw back. They, they came back from 35-21 down. Doesn't sound like Mike Evans is going to play this week, though. James Winston has a fractured thumb, so not all uh, sunshine and lollipops there for uh, the Buccaneers. Uh, Chargers whoop up on the Jaguars, 45 to 10. Austin Eckler, 100 yard, 101 yards rushing, 112 receiving, and a touchdown. He's a running back, by the way. 
He's the first player this year to record the tr- the double triple, 100 plus yards rushing and receiving. So congrats to Eckler. Jaguars look like they've given up on the season, but a big win for the Chargers. The Pittsburgh Steelers go into the desert. A lot of Steelers fans in attendance for this one. Well over half the crowd was Steelers fans, and they win 23 to 17. Deontay Johnson punt return for a touchdown. Few bad picks by Kyler Murray, especially one in the on the end zone on fourth down. The Cardinals driving, but ultimately the Steelers win 23 to 17, and they remain alive for a playoff spot. Tennessee Titans go into Oakland, whoop up on the Raiders, 42-21. Ryan Tannehill throws for four touchdowns, almost 300 yards or 400 yards. Uh, he threw for a lot of yards, and this Titans team, they're for real. I I should just stop downing them. Uh, I think I'm going to have to now. Here going forward. This Titans team is real. The Big Chiefs win 23-16 over the Patriots, marred by terrible officiating. The Chiefs snap a 21-game home win streak by the Patriots. Patrick Mahomes and company did damage early, up 20-7 at the half, and they would ultimately prevail 23-16, a goal line stand there at the end. The Seahawks... Hadn't lost a road game all season long. They finally have done that now. The Rams win 28-12. Big Dave, Jared Goff played great. Todd Gurley ran for almost 80 yards and a touchdown. Robert Woods, Taylor Higby, big receiving games for the Rams. And they're starting to come on strong now after that just epic, embarrassing beatdown against the, uh, the Ravens a couple weeks ago. This is pretty big, too. And, uh... Get out of here. Uh, but ultimately, uh, the Rams win 28-12. The Monday Night Football is still going on right now. 17-10 Giants over the Eagles. So the Eagles might come back and win this game. One minute and 28 seconds left in the third quarter there. I know we're doing this weird this week, but, but that's the way it is. Uh, next week will maybe be different. We'll see. Let's pick some early. Uh, let's make some early picks for Week 15 in the NFL. Official picks and predictions. Well, we'll get to that in a second. We're all over the place here. Thursday night football. Last Thursday night football game of the season. Can you believe that? It's uh, it's true. It's the New York Jets at the Baltimore Ravens, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox and the NFL Network. Why, why are we even thinking that the Jets have a chance? They don't. Ravens roll over them. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. If Mike Evans doesn't play, it doesn't sound like he will. And if Jameis Winston doesn't play... I think I like the Lions. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think I like the Lions to win this one. If Jameis plays, I will take the Bucks. So I'm going to hinge my bets on that there alone. Uh, Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Drew Locke's won two in a row. He's 2-0 as a starter, but the rookie quarterback is going to suffer his first loss. Arrowhead's a different place to play, and the Chiefs will roll. Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Tempted to go with the Bears. Uh, they're playing really well as of late. Trubisky's playing well. But Aaron Rodgers at home? I uh, Prove me wrong, Bears. I hope they prove me wrong, but I got to go with the Packers in this one. New England Patriots at the Cincinnati Bengals, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Apparently the Patriots sent someone to... F- to film the Bengals, but they do it for a web series or something. I mean, there's controversy surrounding the Patriots. 
with I don't think it's Spygate. You don't need to send a spy to see how bad the Bengals are and how and figure out ways to beat them. Even if the Patriots offense is sucking that bad. No way. Patriots will roll on this one. Miami Dolphins at the New York Giants, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. The Dolphins are playing well, but if, if Eli plays, I'll say this. If Eli plays, I like the Giants. If Daniel Jones plays, give me the Dolphins. How about the Seattle Seahawks at the Carolina Panthers, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. Uh, listen, I mean, the, the Panthers have all but given up on their season. They're done. They're phoning it in. Early kickoff scares me a little bit, but I'll take the Seahawks to bounce back after their first road loss of the year last year. Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. It's the game of the week in the AFC. Jim Nance and Tony Romo will be there in Tennessee. I think the two games that they have called, the two Titans games they have called this year, the Titans have won both of them. Week one at Cleveland, and then, what was it, week nine? When Kansas City came to town? Week 8, week uh, week 9, week 10? Maybe it's week 10. I think it was week 10. Either way. I'm going with the Titans. Don't, don't fail me now, Titans. Don't fail me now. But I'll take you over to Sean Watson and company. Philadelphia Eagles at Washington, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. I don't know how the Eagles keep losing these games, but they do. We'll see right now if they, they can come back and win on Monday Night Football. But, I mean, after losing to the Dolphins, it's fair to question whether or not they have it anymore. Uh, but we'll go with uh, the Eagles to beat a bad Washington team. Uh, let's see. Scrolling through more Week 15 games here. Cleveland Browns at the Arizona Cardinals, 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern. 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Browns playoff hopes very faint. Cardinals lose close games. The Browns, this is a game that the Browns should win, so they'll likely lose it. But we'll roll with the Browns anyway. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Oakland Raiders. 4.05 p.m. Eastern. 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. The Jaguars look like they've given up on the season, so we'll take the Raiders there. The Minnesota Vikings at the Los Angeles Chargers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. This game got flexed out of Sunday night. It's because the Chargers have a bad record. That sucks. But uh, this is a good Chargers team. Don't let the record fool you. They've lost a lot of close games, one-score games. But when, they play, when they're on, they're on. I'm going to take the Vikings. A lot of Vikings fans should be in attendance there. But it's going to be close. It's going to be close. Hopefully, the Skull Champ will be going. Atlanta Falcons at the San Francisco 49ers, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Let's roll with the Niners. No way the Falcons win this one. L.A. Rams at the Dallas Cowboys, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on Fox. Well, I can't pick the Cowboys right now. I want them to win. That would really help the Vikings for that playoff spot. Uh, I think the Rams are going to emerge victorious. They're playing better football right now. Then uh, the Buffalo Bills at the Pittsburgh Steelers, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC Sunday Night Football. This is the, the Bills' first game on Monday Night Football in like a decade, or on Sunday Night Football in over a decade. Don't know if they're ready for it, but we'll roll them. They're a better team than Pittsburgh, so we'll take the Buffalo Bills. And then the Indianapolis Colts at the New Orleans Saints, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Saints... Angry after that loss, they'll take it out on a Colts team who's been ravaged 
who have been ravaged by injuries. And those are your picks for Week 15. The official picks and predictions can be found in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com. With that, we say so long for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. Plenty of bowl talk here. Uh, we'll have Charlie Hildebrand on to break down some of the bowl games and give us his reaction to what happened. You know, Does he agree with the college football playoff committee? Travis and I do. Travis will be on as normal, on a new phone, hopefully. Uh, so that'll be great there. And uh, we'll talk NFL and see what else we need to discuss. Maybe some hot stove topics, winter meetings going on. Leave in San Diego this week. So if anything happens, we'll let you know. And uh, we didn't even talk college basketball. So maybe we'll talk that. But we'll for sure talk. It's wide open. Wide open season. Kind of off the Michigan State, North Carolina train right now. Until they can prove that they can score some points and get some wins against quality teams. I think I'm off that train right now. It's a wide open season college basketball. It's great. It's why we love it. And looking forward to March. In three three months. But right now, it's, it's football. It's bowl season. Get excited, people. The Sports Lounge Season 4. That's the group on ESPN. So go out there and make your bowl picks along with Charlie and Travis and Marcus, myself, and many others. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, So for Travis, I'm Nathan. Uh, Podcast can be found on podcast.com, Facebook, Nathan Stacken, Twitter, at ND Stacken. Twitter handle for for Travis is at Travis Grins. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. So thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you tune in again next week. Nathan Stacken say thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week on another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone. Stay warm. Go Vikings. Skull. You've been listening to the Sports Block Podcast, now available on podcast.com.